Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked On Flames. Today, we are going to take a look back at this team, where they were in July versus where they are today, and some of our questions now that the dust has settled. Your Locked On Flames, your daily podcast on the Calgary Flames, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everyone? And thank you so much for tuning into today's episode of Lockdown Flames. As always, I'm your host, Jess Belmosto, and thank you so much for making Lockdown Flames your first listen of the day. As always, make sure that you are subscribed to Lockdown Flames wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're tuning in on YouTube, make sure you subscribe and hit that bell button and turn all notifications on and not just like the personalized ones. So today we are going to be talking about where this team is at now and kind of uh, looking back at the tumultuous week of July and, or the month of July rather <laughs> and uh, where this team was headed versus where they're at now. And to end the show, we are going to do some viewer questions because I love a good mailbag. So let's jump right into it. If you told me that this is what the Flames roster would look like, I don't know, like the day free agency opened, so July 13th, I would have laughed and said, you're joking. How did this happen? Uh, you know, where did this one go? Where'd that one go? Where'd we get cap space for that? So I just remember how it felt like the sky was falling when Gaudreau left, and and then shortly after, Kachuk was like, I want out. Calgary's not in my long-term plan. I don't want to be here long-term. Uh, and it just felt as if the team had regressed back to Jeff Ward days. And we know that those were not very good days, and we know how non-competitive that team was. You know, that was the year that they missed the playoffs, and it was in a – much weaker Canadian division versus the Pacific division. And all of a sudden, it's 9 o'clock on a Friday. It was 11 o'clock my time. But I I was in bed. I was like, you know what? I'm going to play some Animal Crossing. I'm going to relax. It's been a crazy week. You know, we have the draft and then free agency opening up. And then I, I get a notification that, say, that says Kachuk's been traded to uh Florida and I was like okay great like this this stinks like you know you're losing a great right winger you're losing someone who has like that attitude and spark and the pizzazz if you will and then we didn't know the return so I think that's why a lot of people initially were kind of like oh no like this isn't gonna be good like you know sometimes GMs just get fleeced like that but then the notification came that it was Huberdo, and then I kind of blacked out the rest of the tweet because I was like, Huberdo, are you kidding me? And then Mackenzie Weger, a prospect and a first round pick. It was a ridiculous return, but how could you even argue with it? It felt as if the pieces were coming together. You know, you get a 115 point player in Huberdo who was tied with Gaudreau for. Uh, second most points in the league and then you get 
a, a great defenseman, a great young defenseman who, you know, could walk, but it sounds like they're working on an extension there as well. And then you extend Huberdo. Okay. So now you're kind of like, there's still some cap space here. We can still figure something out. Like this, this team is not done. And they're nowhere near complete. We just, we've made up for some ground. We're kind of competitive again. And then all of a sudden you hear, not all of a sudden, it took a while. I think it was August. Uh, oh, Nazem Kadri's still on the market. Everyone had just assumed that he had signed with the Islanders because it had been quiet and, you know, no free agent stuff really leaks out of Lou Lamorello's office or anything like that. So you just kind of assume that he's already signed somewhere because he was one of the top free agents left on the market. And then all of a sudden you hear, oh, hearing Nazem Kadri 7 by 7 to Calgary. Okay. All right. So now we have a solid center uh, depth chart. And then, well, what? How? who are you going to move in order to make this work? Is it going to be Milan Lucic? Is it going to be Sean Monaghan? It did end up being Sean Monaghan. I think um, he probably was easier to move because of his uh, age, his contract sort of being the last year, and you get a first-round pick with him. So it just really came together. Like, with that addition, you have some sort of, like, a truly competitive roster. You have a guy who just um, won the Stanley Cup. You have a guy who is a heart candidate, a heart trophy candidate. You have a solid defenseman, and now you're kind of rocking with what you've got. And on paper, this team looks fantastic, but there's still more. There's still more to be done. And even now, there's still more to be done because, you know, they're signing PTOs. They're signing uh, Cody Eakin to a PTO. There's talk of them signing Jake uh, Vertanen, which I don't like. I don't think needs to happen. Um, I don't know how you're going to do that to your roster in your locker room. But, you know, Sonny Milano is still on the market. Jimmy VC, great depth guys. Uh, Erod signed with the Avs, so he's out of the picture. So you really have to start thinking, how are we going to beef up that bottom six just a little bit more? What tweaks are you going to make to make them more competitive? And is this team still a contender? You know, I think that's always going to be a question when you're looking at a team. You know, is this team better than they were last season? Is this team worse off? How did these additions help? How did the departures make it worse? What are guys on the team saying? What is kind of the rumblings through, you know, the local beat? And it sounds as if a lot of the players truly believe that this is a better team. So coming up next, we're going to talk about their level of uh, competitiveness and just how they may be able to squeeze out another division championship. But first, let's talk about our friends at Bet Online. 
BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including this year's opening week's games. BetOnline is also your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite sports and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. I actually placed a bet last weekend uh, that C.D. Lamb would uh, score a touchdown for the Dallas Cowboys, and that didn't happen. So maybe things will look a little better next time. But head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. Thank you all so much for tuning into Locked On Flames. I appreciate you. You're all great. Thank you for interacting with the show, uh, whether it be on YouTube, leaving reviews, comments, anything like that. It is appreciated. There was a point this summer where everyone in the Sea of Red had just kind of accepted that this team might not be good. They were taking some serious steps back. It, it didn't look good for a little bit. It really didn't. It was like all of Daryl Sutter Daryl Sutter's hard work and transformation to this team had gone out the window. And it was kind of a heavy weight on your shoulders and just kind of like a, oh, okay, well, I guess that was just, you know a little glimmer of success and you don't get to build off of it. And, you know, it almost made last season feel like a waste, but there are certain players that are on this team that can make positive strides and strides in the right direction to help get this team back to where they were. You know, you see Tyler Toffoli on the top line. Uh, He's projected to be on the top line. And because he has, played for Daryl Sutter in the past, I truly think that we're going to get uh, a version of Toffoli that we haven't seen before and haven't seen in quite some time. And everyone keeps mentioning that 70s line from LA, and I, I would like to see something like that pop again. I think that would be so awesome, and especially with players like, uh, you know, Huberto on his left, and then of course you have uh, Lindholm centering that line. So it would be quite an interesting uh, situation to see him kind of bolster those numbers and his production again. Because last last season he did kind of fall. Um, you know he did have like twelve goals in his first eleven games or eleven goals in his first twelve games here in Calgary, but then uh, it did kind of fizzle out. So. You do hope you get to see something like that again. And, of course, you do have Daryl Sutter, who is one of those players or one of those coaches who likes consistency. I think that that is the biggest thing that I loved last season was seeing consistent lines. Uh, You know, we weren't shaking it up to the point where, you know, like the projected lines, like you could guess what they would be because Daryl Sutter would – just stick with what he knew. And, uh, you know, the season before, it wasn't like that. And the one thing, if you listened to the show back then, you know that consistency was the one thing I felt this team needed. 
And I do think that the team was able to thrive off of the consistency and not having to, uh, you know, shake up what the lineup would look like and who they were playing with. So I, I do also think that something that could be a downfall, though, is that Daryl Sutter is a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately kind of guy. We saw that with Andrew Mangiapane when he went through his drought, his goalless few weeks. Daryl Sutter moved him down in the lineup. I believe he was on the fourth line at one point, and then Mangiapane started being like, oh, okay, I, I gotta do, I gotta do something about this, and turned it around. So again, that's kind of it could be a downfall, could be a positive thing. I guess it just depends on each player and their level of motivation, you know? But Kadri possibly centering Mangiapani and Blake Coleman, that line is lethal. We thought that Mangiapani, Backlund, and Coleman were like a, like the greatest two-way um line in this league but I think that 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 line could be even more um what's the word I'm looking for they could be even more productive because you know I don't think that Kadri is afraid to you know go and crash and I don't think any of those players on that line are afraid to crash and I think that all of them have you know, this ability to go down deep in the corners. They're they're going to chase the puck. They're they're hungry. They they're a little bit scary when you're out there. <laughs> and I think that it would be fantastic to see them play together and really work with what you got. Like on paper, that like that that would scare me. That would intimidate me if I was an opponent. I'd be like, oh no, like you have uh Manjupani who scored 35 goals last year. You have Nazem Kadri who had a uh, career high 80 something points and then Blake Coleman who is has never ever struggled defensively. So you know you're going to have puck hungry guys out there and you have to really work for it. So I think that would be a very interesting line to see. I want to see it. I hope that's like the opening night line. Um I would assume that would be the second line. And then you're going to have Backlund sliding down to 3C, which is fine. I think that that is okay because then you're going to have Dubé on that line. And I I don't know who you'd have on the other side, but I think that it is a much better option than Sean Monaghan. I think that Michael Backlund is someone who can, number one, stay healthy. He is someone that you don't have to worry about. Um, he's not a liability and his hips are healthy. <laughs> And I'm, I'm very sorry to dog Sean Monaghan like that, but I just, I think that, um, you, you know, you want your bottom six to be beefy. <laughs> I don't know how else to describe it, but beefy, like you want it to be, uh, good. You want it to be solid. You want it to be consistent. You want, you want them to kind of still eat those minutes, but be productive you know, and I think that uh, Backlund was, you know, your best player in the playoffs last year. So you're going to want that guy out there. And then, of course, that fourth line, that fourth line, Trevor Lewis, Milan Lucic, and Kevin Rooney, uh, or Cody Eakin. I don't know what you're going to get uh, out of this line. I think that it could be a very different situation than any of us are expecting. 
I would love to see them be a successful line. I would love for them to stay out of the penalty box. I would love to see Lucic score some goals again this year and to see Kevin Rooney really learn from some, some veterans who, you know, have what it takes or once had what it took takes to win a championship or two. So I think that it could be an interesting situation there as well. I'm not the biggest fan of that line. I think that, you know, there, there were definitely ways to upgrade your bottom line, your fourth line. There still are, like I said, Sonny Milano is still out there. And I think that the flames really need to pursue this. Um, But this team went from, you know, last year winning the division to, oh no, we're in shark in the shark tank area because, you know, we lost two, two thirds of our top line and we don't know what's going to happen next to, oh, we could actually, you know, win this thing again. And I do think that the flames are still a competitive team, the tumultuous nonsense that the flames went through. And it looks like the senators just signed Tyler Mott. Well, so much for that as well. Um, I thought that the Flames might go go after him too, but I guess not. Um, I'm assuming Brad Tree Living's fine with his bottom six, if that's what um, that's, this is where we're at. But you know, I this team is competitive. This team is hungry. Jacob Markstrom and uh, Chris Tanev have both said that this team is better and more mature than last year, which I think is very true. So uh, I, I wouldn't count the flames out. I don't think we should have expectations ridiculously high, but at the same time, why not? <laughs> Coming up next, we are going to wrap up the show with some viewer questions because we do love a good mailbag here on Locked on Flames. Thank you all so much for tuning in to Locked on Flames. Uh, make sure you are following me on Twitter at Jess Bomlasto. All right. So these I love doing mailbags. I, I send them to the Locked on group chat as well because I feel like who else would, you know, have some like this true solid questions other than other hosts in the network. So Jared Ellis of Locked On Carolina Hurricanes says, aside from recent departures, what former flame or flames would you want to return? You know, I think this is an easy, (laughs) uh, an easy question here or an easy answer. Um, I think Dougie Hamilton, I would love to see, um, uh, Kippersoff return, uh, again, like, you know, I think those are obvious answers, but um, I, yeah, I would go with them because I feel like those are the true difference makers that could really, again, um, bolster this team. And of course, um, you know, it's just, they're obvious choices. And then Armando Velez of Locked On Florida Panthers says, does Uyghur resign? I hope so. Um, I would love to see him resign and uh, hopefully a long-term deal. I think that bridge deals are a thing of the past now. So 
Unless you're Andrew Mangiapane, then you're getting your bridge deal because he didn't know what this team would look like. But um, I think Uyghur resigns. I think that it's going to depend on uh, the performance of this team this season because he could go get paid elsewhere. But I do think that Brad Tree Living would easily hand him a blank check uh, and probably make him the highest paid defenseman on the team. Uh, I don't know off the top of my head what that would look like because I don't know the cap space or projected cap space for next year, but I do think that he could be making a solid amount of money. And Jay Forster from uh, Locked On Blue Jackets says, will you be cheering for the Blue Jackets to see Gaudreau succeed? Yes, absolutely, I will be. Uh, I really want to see him do well. Um, the coach of the team just said something really, like, bothersome to me. Uh, he said that Gaudreau is not the savior. And it's just like, why would you try to unhype your biggest free agent signing in franchise history like that? I don't know. That that feels kind of gross to me. But, and then Jay also asks, is this new look Flames a playoff contender on its own? Yes, they are. Or do you think they will take advantage of a weak overall division to sneak into the playoffs? Um, I, I do think that the Pacific division is definitely like still a weaker division. I definitely think that they got better as a whole, but I, I think that this team could compete really in just about any division in this team in this league. I think that it would be interesting to see them compete. And, you know, obviously, like, this wouldn't happen. But to I would – I think that the Metro uh, – the Metropolitan Division is one of the divisions that the Flames could truly compete with. Um, I The Atlantic Division is kind of scary to me, um, especially over the last few years. I think all the teams have kind of gotten better there, um, except the Bruins. The Bruins have just kind of gotten – old and then fired a good coach and brought back David Krejci. But, um, you know, I think that they could compete. I don't think that they're going to just like slide in to the Pacific division, um, playoff picture rather. Uh, do I think that they're going to win the division? Probably not. I think that, you know, Edmonton is probably your best guess for that. And, it would be super cool to see, um, really, just to see them take a run at the Western Conference Finals and make a trip to the Stanley Cup. I think that's what the city of Calgary needs. I think it's what Flames fans need. So we'll have to wait and see. But I would, I would say that you could stick this team anywhere in the league, and they would be com- competitive. So... Thank you all so much for tuning in to today's episode of Locked on Flames. As always, I'm Jess Belmosto, and I appreciate you listening. I appreciate you watching, commenting, reviewing. Leave a five-star review on uh, your listening platform of choice. It helps the show out a lot. helps me out a lot. And make sure you're subscribed wherever you listen to this show. And I will see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.